You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 113. Is there an easy fix to get rid of mold? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, the 4th of July is now over. Yep, and my birthday's coming up. That's right. How old are you going to be again uh, this year? 28. Oh, that's right. We're doing 28 again. <laughs> is that what I said last year? <laughs> no, maybe 21. So we're doing a new one this year. All right. So we are talking today about, uh, oh, this is an interesting question because everybody loves the Cliff Notes version of stuff, the easy fixes. And I'm sure you've heard a lot. Is there an easy fix to getting rid of mold? And what do you say to that? Of course there isn't. It, and it, <laughs> like you said, I hear I hear it all the time. It, You know, they say, well, it's just this little spot. Well, what's usually that little spot ends up being major. And our listeners know this. There's, there's I don't believe we have ever done a mold mitigation job where we only did what we bid on, which was pretty much what we could visibly see. I don't think that's ever happened. My whole point is, is it's usually behind the wall. And that's why I always say what? Oh, mold. the gift that keeps giving. Yep. Yep. It's mold. the, <laughs> mold's the gift that keeps giving. And, it, and it's true. But yes, there's no easy fix to mold as much as our listeners would love to hear me say, well, you know, maybe if it's just this or just that, but there's really no such thing. Well, and it reminds me of uh, the the Mary Poppins musical with Julie Andrews, not the latest nonsense that they have up there, but in the Mary Poppins musical, she sings a song about um, where she says, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And you always talk about in your books and your courses, the fact that if you, if you're proactive and you handle the things that are causing the mold, you really save yourself a lot of time, money, and heartache in the long run. Exactly. And it, you know, that, that's the that's the first thing 
you know, when there's a mold infestation, mold has to have three major components. You have to have the mold spores, which are naturally present, humidity above 60%, and it's food, which is cellulose materials. Just like a fire, I always say it this way, you have the three components, you take one away, and for the most part, mold cannot reproduce. But, to kind of backtrack a little bit, you have to have that humidity at 60%. So my point is, especially in areas like Wyoming, where our humidity, I think the average is maybe 30%, even if it's not, even if you're in Florida and it's high, my point is something caused that. Something, when I say caused it, something elevated the humidity, meaning there was a moisture intrusion event or events that elevated the humidity. And you have that, the first thing you have to do is figure out what caused it. Which brings up a question. So obviously in a place like Wyoming that tends to have low humidity, you would notice if you have a humidity meter, gauge, whatever, you would notice a spike in humidity and that would be a red flag. Okay, something's changed. But what about people who live in Florida or Houston where it's humid a lot of the time? How would they know that something is worth inspecting or if there's no visible mold? The, the same, just like you said, with a humidity gauge. Okay. You know, we've traveled, you've lived in humid places. Inside their homes should be humid. Okay. Because homes are, and I say it this way, but it's, you know, it's probably the best way, I guess, for me to to look at it. Homes are somewhat pressurized these days. We have HVAC systems. You know, every the, the, the home itself as far as the airspace, is totally different than what's outside. So now, what what should a home typically, whether you're in Florida or you're in Alaska, what percentage point should a home be at humidity-wise? Uh, it should always be below 50. And I say oh. 50 because it's 60s when that oh, threshold hits. wow. So it's, you know, like I said, if, if you can keep it around 40-ish and like, you know, your home shouldn't, unless you're leaving your windows open and you're living like our ancestors and, you know, all the outside airs inside the home all the time, you shouldn't have your humidity that high. You're, all the air, and if you do, you should have a dehumidifier um, on your HVAC system. And I have a lot of clients that do, that they have a dehumidifier and they keep it set at 40%. And so, but there are also lots of people who use humidifiers. So does that mean that their home's humidity is higher than what it should be? Well, it depends on what they have it set at. And and it's funny because we haven't talked about humidifiers in a long time. And my listeners all know that I am so against humidifiers. I'm not a fan of them. Even for babies? At all. If, okay. If you're going to use one for babies, it should be for temporary use. And, and I, I do remember we talked about this in a previous episode. If you're going to use one for your child that's sick, only run it at nighttime when they're in that room. So it should be shut off during the day. And you should not, this is the medical side of it, you read this everywhere, if, if the conditions persist for more than three days, seek medical help. Exactly. But you shouldn't be using it for a long time, long time purpose. So those of you that do have humidifiers, and I... I even here in Wyoming, I have a lot of clients that they're big on it. And that's okay. That's their opinion. I always tell them no higher than 35%. Okay. That's so. a good That's a good thing to, to... Because, again, people's underlying behaviors could be 
causing serious issues. And you don't even know that it's your the way you splash water. But people in the tub, like you that take hot showers. I know. <laughs> the humidity goes to eighty <laughs> percent. And then even when I get out of the shower, it's like creeping up a little bit higher and it takes a good fifteen. How do you know minutes. what percentage it is? Because we have a humidity gauge in there. There you go, yeah, see. I watch it. So for our listeners, I'm not a hypocrite. We we keep an eye <laughs> on it. And and what's interesting, and they know we've I've teached you before, mm-hmm. but you you take the proper precautions. You actually know what the humidity is in yeah. there. You when you're done, well, of course, the whole time you're running the, the uh, exhaust, exhaust fan, which, which actually we're, I think we're talking about next week. Yep. Um, which, again, you want a high-powered one. I don't think we have a high-powered one, but whatever you can do to get a high-quality, right. get what you pay for exhaust fan, it makes a lot of sense. And just for our listeners, it's not next week. It's in a couple weeks. Oh, a couple weeks. But we are going to talk about exhaust yes. fans, and we have before. But, yeah, you take, you know, you take the proper steps to... Um, uh, offset, I guess is the word I can use, your habit mm-hmm. of having a hot shower. So, you know, you open the door, you make sure that the humidity drops back exactly. down. And, you know, just for our listeners, if, you know, a habit like that in a bathroom, typically it's going to cause a, a mold concern that you can see. Okay. You can see it on the ceiling. Yeah. And not that that makes it okay, but, but you don't want that humidity to stay high. That's very true. And so, again, going back to this idea of an easy fix, there isn't an easy fix if you've been doing things or letting things lie that have accumulated over a long period of time. There's no easy fix to years of neglect. (laughs) neglect. That's that's the best way to put it. Yeah, if you you say, let's just say a scenario, if you say in in your master bedroom that when it when the winds really blow, so like around here, and we've had you know, it's Wyoming, we have weird weather here, but we get like those driving rains. Mm-hmm. Well, those driving rains cause moisture intrusion in areas that typically don't happen. Correct. Now, does it mean like you have a major fix you you need to take care of? No, but you know, let's just say it's coming in the front door. Over time, if you ignore that, by the time you realize that it's actual, it's a mold issue you have to address, you probably have a bunch of wood rot and all sorts of mold in the crawl space below that doorway. And so going back to what you said, if you ignore it, the longer you ignore it, the the more expensive it's going to be. Whereas if you just nip it in the bud and go, okay, every time we get these rains coming in from, from the southwest, the wind's blowing in... It blows into the front door. Maybe put a storm door out there. You know, you sh- just don't ignore it. And that's my point with that. Well, and I think there's still people who are going to say, okay, that's fine. Maybe there's no easy fix, but what's the quickest fix to a mold problem? What's your answer to that? There isn't. I mean. <laughs> it, hire somebody. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I, I guess, you know, make sure you do hire the professional. But that's what people want is the quickest fix, the cheapest fix. And what I mean by there isn't one, even us, and, and you've heard me say this, I've said it on our podcast, but I say it to clients all the time. There are steps we have to follow as mold professionals per our certifications where we can't just go in and cut a little piece of sheetrock out and call it good for mold mitigation. Correct. You know this. There are many steps involved with that that take days. Yeah. I mean, we... You know, we have certain amount of days that after the mitigation's done, we're running air scrubbers and ozone machines before we even run air tests. So, for us, even just a simple what I call a quick 
mold fix would take at least five to eight business days, if that makes sense. Well, and when you say five to eight business days, I'm sure a lot of people will think, well, when I hire that person for five to eight business days, can I still stay in my house while they're taking care of the mold? Absolutely not. Oh, so they have to also find another place to be. Exactly. Okay. And, and the reason why, now, does it mean for sure you can't? Well, you can. It, it kind of goes back to, do you have to leave your home with clothes on your back? Well, that's what you should do. That's what I'm going to tell you. But does it mean you have to? No. But uh, from the mold mitigation side, that's what I always recommend. We don't, you know, we don't want anybody to get sick. We're using harsh chemicals when we're doing mold mitigation. Now, let's say the mold mitigation's in a garage. Or let's say it's in a basement and there's a separate entrance. It's a walkout basement. There are things we can do and measures we can take to protect the occupants of the home. But I, for me, I don't know how other mold companies are. You sign a disclaimer that we're not responsible or liable for any, any sicknesses that you may encounter because of the mold mitigation. Then we take all the proper steps. I'm not going to give everybody, you know, all the steps we take, but it, it can be done, but it shouldn't. If you care about your health, you can find somewhere to go for a week. Absolutely. And and if it's insurance involved, typically they're, they usually will cover that. Like hotel stay, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, but once again, it's easy for me to say, you know, if you have four kids, like that, that's probably not going to be a whole lot of fun in a hotel no, room. No, no, it is not. But, you know, once again, it, it's what's your health worth? Yeah. Now... I know a lot of people see a little bit of mold somewhere in their house, you know, like in the ceiling of a shower or in their attic, and they go, well, we can just ignore it. It's not that big a deal. Is there any situation where if mold is in a place that most people don't stay in, like an attic, can you just, you know, just leave it alone? Well, yeah, you can. You can do whatever you want, but (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it. I kind of touched on this about homes being somewhat pressurized. So let's say there is in your crawl space, we, we reference to a door, a front door that when you have driving rains, which aren't very common or off, don't happen very often, they come in, you know, get the threshold of your front door or sides of your door wet. Well, if there's a mold infestation down in the crawl space below that, you would say, well, it probably won't affect us. Well, if the water could get down in the crawl space and the humidity can be elevated down there, what does that tell you? Yeah. Those, the mold can come back up too. Exactly. It's a shared airspace is the best way to say it. Yeah. And so like in a pressurized home, um, when I say pressurized, I, I, I want our listeners to know it's not like pressurized and you have negative air machines like a operating room or, or a lab. It's just if with with the way homes are... If there was a little hole in the floor or a void, which I just said could allow the moisture to get down into the crawl space, that air can come back up itself. So that air is contaminated with, with mold spores because you have a mold infestation down in the crawl space. Absolutely. So my point is, is you do have to address it. I mean, if, if you don't, at, at some point, like we just talked about earlier, if you ignore that, by the time you go to fix it. I mean, you could have floor joists that are rotted out and termite issues. You could have a whole gamut of issues that you'd look back and go, wow, I could have installed a $200 storm door on that front door and saved us thousands of dollars. 
and a lot of heartache in doctor's visits and, and health costs. Absolutely, which are all super expensive and sometimes irreparable in terms of the exactly. damage. I mean, you can have permanent, you know, permanent issues, uh, you know, could be scarring on your lungs or whatever, uh, memory loss. It could be a whole, whole number of things that literally you just, it was so simple in the beginning, you just ignored it, which is not good. Which is why there really is no easy fix. So what is your call to action for people? If you have a minor issue going on, make sure that you address that. Um, and also, like I said, make sure you have the proper professionals doing it. Yes. And a, and a great place to start is the mold box. Yep. We just talked about it last week. Um, it's awesome. And just, <laughs> just go buy one and you'll see what's in there. And uh, hopefully, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be a pretty great seller. Absolutely. And, you know, get it while it's uh, brand new and not as expensive. Absolutely. And if you want to learn more about the mold box, go to cnccontractorservices.com and learn more about it. Yep. All right. We'll catch you on the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.